and welcome to another episode of Creative Crunch. Welcome to Creative Crunch. What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Creative Crunch. I don't know really what I'm going to talk about. I just felt like it was time to get another episode under my belt, uh, whatever shape or form that takes. Kind of just going to be, you know, interpersonal, cathartic stuff because I've been working on some things and noticing some things about myself. Uh, So I just wanted to touch on that and see what goes on, and see honestly kind of what comes out of this episode. Uh, So the big thing that I'm kind of noticing is my psychiatrist asked if I get more manic in the springtime, Uh, and personally I've never had the emotional bandwidth to even like notice things like that, Uh, but I can definitely tell now that the days are getting longer and warmer that there is this more manic side to my personality showing up. Uh, A little less of the sad part, the depression and the downswings, but I'm definitely noticing the mania. Um, Got like a lot of art projects going. I think that's the biggest telltale sign of my uh, mania is just like that unfiltered creativity, which is not necessarily the best thing because it doesn't lead to productivity and that's kind of what I'm struggling with is I feel like I've started a bunch of projects and I don't really feel like finishing them or carrying through to them. Um, I did start making a couple new zines because there's been talk about zine fest coming down the pike and so I think those are probably the most balanced thing I have going on right now uh, especially this large zine that I'm working on. I was at the FedEx Kinko's recently and I noticed that they had a large format printer and I noticed that black and white prints were only like $2.50 and so right then and there I kind of knew the margins would be good and so I've been working on a zine uh, that is similar in format to a zine that I produced for my friend Wyatt Scott uh, but just on a much larger scale. So it's going to be a single sheet 18 by 24 And then kind of cutting along the page borders in a spiral will create this crazy, unorganized accordion zine. Um, So it'll be interesting to kind of test that concept on a much larger scale. Because the one I did for Wyatt was just an 8.5 by 11 sheet. And that easily folded up into a cool little mini zine uh, where the pageation, the order of the pages was all funky and you didn't quite know which way to hold it. And personally, that's one of the things that I do love most about zines. Uh, The other zine I started was kind of like this love-hate letter uh, with the city and county of Denver and using some apps, specifically this BitCam app that Raphael showed me, uh, which kind of just takes photos or you can take a photo and it comes out all 8-bitty, grainy, like early Macintosh kind of vibes. So again, just simple black and white might print that one on neon stock. Uh, just to give it a pop of color and see what um, happens there. Uh, Then the other thing in terms of zine making that I've got going is I bought a bunch of neon colored index cards. 
and I'm doodling on a whole index card and then cutting it up into a tiny little pocket zine and I got some little drug baggies off of the internet with smiley faces all over them and if my measurements are correct these tiny little zines will fit in those drug baggies uh, again the issue is just like what do I do with all this stuff I discovered a bag of zines that I meant to trade and things like that at uh, last year's zine fest and that really didn't happen so I just get kind of a little worried that I'm investing all this time and this energy into projects that just won't see the light of day um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with all these zines because I want to have them done for zine fest and I want to be able to trade them I might try selling and trading them through the internet through Instagram, through Reddit, uh, through other sites, just to get different things on my hands. Uh, and just that's how, honestly, I love growing my zine collection. I love growing my zine collection by making zines and then trading them uh, with other people because uh, then it just kind of helps everything grow and I can get a zine collection going a lot cheaper than if I was to just buy everything. Uh, which I did do recently. So I was visiting Dateline Gallery. I hadn't been there in a hot second. And uh, I really wanted to see Coleman, who is the artist in the back of the gallery. I wanted to see their work. Uh, but while I was there, I perused the zine shelf at Dateline, which is really cool to see that they still have that going um, and fully stocked and everything. And they've even added another board than what used to be there for larger publications. Uh, but I ended up picking up a zine by Jeremy Lawrence, who is the uh, gallery owner and operator. I picked up another zine that's just like all asymmetric writing. So like kind of like scribbles, but a little bit more organized. Uh, look that up if you're into it. Found a street photography zine. Uh, so I bought a couple just because, you know, that's one of those places that has things that not um, a lot of other places have in terms of publication or self-publishing. It's just cool that that is made accessible at the gallery. Um, and it was great to kind of pick up a little bit more inspiration and add a few more zines to the collection. Because uh, if you didn't know that about me, I have an unhealthy obsession with self-publishing and zines ever since I was introduced to them a couple of years ago. Uh, I had a brief experience working for Birdie Magazine. Uh, I'm now rubbing shoulders with the people over at Pollux. Uh, through my job at the shop at Matter. Uh, so it's just great to kind of have my hands on self-publishing again and uh, have my hands on zines um, because I'm always about that and I always look forward to Zine Fest. Um, and I think it's just a great accessible art form. If you are not into zines or anything like that, I definitely recommend spending an afternoon at the Denver Zine Library inside the temple or just Googling it um, and seeing which ones you can find. There's tons of zines that are like free PDFs. So you could start printing out your own zines on your own printer at home and kind of building your collection that way. And I know a lot of zines and self-publishing experiences try to do the best of communicating that value uh, through Tumblr, YouTube videos, whatever. So wherever you like to consume digital media, just give zines, like magazine, Z-I-N-E, give zine a search and see what you can come up with. If you have photos of your own artwork, if you can scan your artwork easily, uh, if your art is writing and all you have are like Word docs or Google docs or whatever, 
um, put them in a zine format and make it more accessible. I think it's a great way to kind of get your work out there. If you're hunting or searching for exhibitions or communities to belong to or whatnot, having a physical zine uh, could be really cool and uh, could be an easy way to communicate your value and show people what you're up to because you can put it like right in their hand, right in their face. You can leave it where there's other zines. Uh, you can tuck it inside a Westward. Uh, I'm not condoning that because I don't know if it's entirely legal, but I'm just letting you know that putting your zines inside of other magazines is an option, and I think a great punk rock way of kind of jacking some distribution. Uh, same thing with like putting your zines in the free little libraries that are around town. Um, what have you. There, I think zines are just a great way to get your art out that is not Instagram followers, right? Uh, so making a zine, even if it's short, even if it's one page, even if it's tiny, uh, what have you, is a great way to kind of just get yourself out there and get your name out there. You never know who will pick it up. You never know what you can trade it for. Uh, it could just be good to have a couple copies. And it's uh, also a great way to look for places to submit. A lot of these smaller zines, uh, especially writing-based or poetry-based zines, often have open calls for them. Uh, so it's a great way to kind of put a zip folder together or put a folder together on your Google Drive um, and then just send it out to all these open submissions that are happening not only in Colorado, not only in America, but like internationally. And it might not be huge, but if you see it as something important, uh, it's worth noting, you know, and it's worth submitting to and it's worth getting your art out to. So that's about uh, 10 minutes worth of rambling on zines and um, my mania, which I think, or my manic habits, I don't know how to even phrase it, uh, which will come into light and be a topic of conversation as we jump this little sound break. Um, I'm going to kind of revisit this thought of vocation versus profession. Thanks so much for listening. You are 10 minutes deep. We're going to take a quick little break and then jump into the next section. Welcome back. Uh, so this has been on my mind since I shared it with you guys a couple weeks ago in an episode. Uh, this idea that Heather presented to me of vocation versus profession. And if we're def defining this and providing some context, uh, vocation is like a trade. So the clearest thing I still have in my memory or in what my, I do creatively, uh, letterpress printing is a vocation. I do not think and I am pretty confident in the fact that I will not have a career in letterpress printing. I do not think that letterpress printing or any kind of printmaking for that matter will be my like sole means of income. I am not aiming to be a printmaker. It's just fun. When I have access to a press, when I know there's a press handy, when I can screen print, whatever, make monotypes, what have you. Um, it's fun to do that, but I really think that that process is for myself, for the people I can quickly share prints with, uh, but I do not by any means think that it is a profession. I think that it's a vocation, 
Um, and it's just a nice set of skills to have, and it allows me to communicate um, with that letterpress language to other printers, and it allows me to aesthetically enjoy letterpress printing um, and to seek it out and to recognize it. Same thing with like sign painting and screen printing and sort of all of those analog design kind of things I know are just a vocation for me, are just skill sets to pick up along the way, but they are not the main money makers. The main money maker in the profession that I've decided to pursue now is something with photography, something in a production company. And I am very new to this idea. Um, it's been something that I've kind of made a couple hundred bucks a month off of and really enjoyed doing that. I uh, really enjoyed working with models. Uh, really enjoy working with artists, documenting their work and documenting not only exhibitions, but studio visits um, and things of that nature. But now, after I'm done at the shop at Matter, I want to make that jump into a production company. And I think what's cool about me and the skills that I have and the degrees and yada, 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 um, I don't need to be holding the camera, if that makes sense. Um, if I could just be involved in sales or logistics or what have you something around that um, I would be happy being next to the person who is operating the camera if that makes sense um, you know and I really am looking now for an organization where there's maybe multiple opportunities for things like that like maybe the pictures I'm taking are for the production company's social media and not for clients right uh, maybe the things that I'm doing with my camera for the production company are more internally focused. Uh, maybe I can hop over into sales. Maybe I can do logistics for a little while. Like, I kid you not, if I can just start traveling, I will be happy driving a van full of gear across wherever. Um, things of that nature. So, again, this idea of vocation and profession, I really want to push photography and digital media and whatever that is and social media content creation and marketing into the profession and to kind of keep things like zine making, letterpress, what have you into the vocation. Uh, this is challenging to do but is also providing clarity kind of in this spring awakening and this sort of manic state um, is I am kind of indulging in sort of the more vocational things, you know, especially with zine making and doodling and illustration and what have you. And by no means have I ever thought that my illustration was going to be a profession, but just to indulge in it more as a vocation and to kind of have a clipboard and a notepad and some fresh markers on my nightstand and to be doing that pretty consistently, um, is weird and it feels weird and it feels like I'm spending time on the wrong things and that I should be doing other things but they're just not as fun like looking for jobs or like trying to get insurance is not as self-indulgent and uh, you know satisfying as doodling and then scanning those in on the computer and laying them out in this giant document and sort of seeing that evolve into completion um, so that I'm definitely struggling with and I'm just struggling with like the how. Um, so I know I need to reach out to some friends, 
who work in the industry and who kind of make me envious of seeing them being able to travel uh, with this profession of photography. Um, so I guess I just need to get into research mode around that and kind of see the value in that, see the value in doing research and kind of planning because uh, the last thing I want to happen is for this internship to be done and then I am out of work because uh, the timing is going to be a little bit difficult. It's going to be sort of in the winter time, so businesses and companies might be going on long breaks or what have you, and it could just be a difficult time, and I really want to avoid that uh, by having my shit together and really sorting out uh, this thing of vocation and profession. So the next thing for me is to really, I think, truly write it down, um, and keep that somewhere and like look at it and see that like photography excuse me is the profession and is what I'm aiming for um, and again it could be sales it could be logistics it could be editing I don't know what it could be it could be so many other things but if I'm around people who are using cameras every single day to help other people communicate value that's what I'm about and that's what I want to do for the next 10 20 years you know, and to have that kind of clarity is very interesting because normally I just want to be done with something after a year and move on. But just to see how the investment of a camera has opened up so many doors and has had so many conversations start and like, albeit small paychecks, but like paid gigs coming in from the photography that I'm creating and the networking that's happening. Um, it's just so exciting and I want to expand that sort of into bigger fields. I want to work for a company. I want to have more people on the team uh, just to see what those gigs look like and to see what those paychecks look like and to see what goes into a commercial shoot or an editorial shoot or what have you. Um, you know, I'm really interested in doing that. Um, so that's kind of been the big divide around that is um, really kind of trying to come up with a game plan on how to enter the photography and videography industry and really make a go of it. I do think my degree and my skill sets and my experiences are applicable and could open up some doors. Uh, but I do also think that there's plenty of challenge still there, which is uh, key for me if I'm not consistently challenged or if I'm not pushed to ideate and then execute, um, I start to lose interest very quickly in, in jobs and things like that. And I firmly do not believe in going to work just to work. There needs to be something bigger um, at play so that I can contribute to that and so that I can uh, be a part of a team. And yeah, I mean, like, that's just kind of ciphering that idea out. Um, I really want to, like, have clear distinctions between what's vocation and what's profession. And it, that doesn't mean that the vocation can't be making no money. I do think I'm still allowed to sell some zines and go to zine fest and try to trade and things like that but i don't think making zines is going to be how i pay the bills i really think having a camera in my hand or being around people with cameras in their hands is going to be how i pay the bills um and doodling and other things like that they're going to be fun and that's what they're going to be and that's how i want them to stay and i don't want them or everything everything creative in my life to kind of have the pressure of money making on it um, I think it's just healthy to doodle and see what comes of those and to not think that every doodle needs to become a 
fine art piece, you know. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, and it's just like a lot of reflection. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about stuff on walls and just events and what I was making then and yada, 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 and just a lot of gears going right now, and it's it's kind of difficult to cipher what is the most important thing and what isn't um, and to prioritize all of these um, interests and all of these things that I want to do in this manic state. It's hard to get myself to really buckle down and focus and say, okay, these are the value adding things. These are the money making things. These are the things I truly enjoy and I see myself opening doors with. Um, and these are fun. That doesn't mean that they don't deserve my time, but they shouldn't be consuming days and all this energy and what have you. Uh, so yeah, we just rolled the 10 minute mark on that little rant and going to come back and try to wrap this episode up. It's just going to be a lot shorter. I think unless there's another voice talking here or, you know, the interview style or whatever, I just think in in the future moving forward, I think a lot of creative crunch episodes are just going to be a lot of, a lot shorter. And that comes as I try to move podcasting into a vocation and not a profession. Uh, Cause I just, I, again, I don't believe that talking into a microphone once a week and cathartically working through all the conversations will lead to huge uh, fiscal gains. I just think it's healthy for me to get things out in this format. And if you choose to listen to it, then you choose to listen to it. And hopefully you're getting something out of it. Um, you know, and if you're not, you're more than welcome to leave because I don't really care. I'm not really keeping track of listeners or anything like that anymore. And I think other goals have maybe subsided and if this is more just for me to get it out and say that it's done and yeah, I'll be able to look back on it and be able to listen to it. All right, so we're going to take another little interlude and then uh, we're going to try to knock out another 10 minutes so that we are at least hitting the 30 minute mark. All right, see you in a sec. Okay, so this is going to be the last 10 minutes for this week's episode. Already I am feeling a little bit better just talking things out um, and just like working through things. Um, Yeah, so I'm just going to, I don't know, kind of rant and rave about what's been going on uh, in terms of photography, I guess, because that's what we're going for. So I do have um, one client who I've enjoyed uh, going to their art openings and doing studio visits. I'm actually going there this afternoon to document some artwork. Uh, So it'll be really interesting to see if uh, repeating this process for a couple months will open the door to other artists wanting to do this um, type of gimmick that I've kind of created. It's like subscription-based basically uh, for X amount of dollars a month. You kind of buy myself, you kind of get me on retainer, I guess is the best way to say it. And I will go around and take pictures um, at your studio, at openings and whatnot. Uh, But then I'll do my job of executing that and uh, really turning that into social media content and kind of upping your game and upping your consistency game. And already with this client, we've noticed a lot more Facebook comments. We've um, noticed a lot more growth on the Facebook side. Same thing with Instagram. I think there's just... A more consistent growth that's happening now uh, because uh, their consistency is up 
before I started working for them, they hadn't posted since Valentine's Day, February 14th. And so it was nice to kind of increase that rhythm. And now we're dealing with a lot of media. We have uh, lots of great pictures and video from the studio visit, but also got some photos of an art opening. Uh, so that was great. Um, I also worked with a model in the past, Erica, to do a conceptual shoot uh, based around fruit. And that was just exciting to be in that environment um, and be super comfortable and just kind of vibing the same kind of energy uh, with them. And then recently I was able to reconnect with Cam, uh, who is a model and a photographer that I had on my radar ever since I saw somebody post a portrait of them. Um, and they finally came through and we went to Commons Park down in Denver and kind of just jammed out some good photos there. And I was really happy with the post-processing and how that came out. I'm starting to be less and less dependent on free presets and kind of just going with what I know will work and uh, stylistically what just looks clean and kind of building out uh, a couple of sets is how I would put them, collections of photos from the same shoot so that you're getting a different look and feel. And uh, the models and myself are able to post those on social media over time or use them with social media over time. Uh, and speaking of that, I guess the big thing that I could ramble about is trying to build an effing website. So I just have not ever really been a fan of websites I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I just don't think that they like are. I, I don't know. I just struggle with the concept of a website. So I personally have not had one in a very long time. Uh, mostly again because of like that manic state. I really didn't know what to put up or who I was going to be or what I wanted to do. Uh, but now this clarity of wanting to be a photographer and a videographer makes a website a lot more manageable I guess I would say or approachable um, because I know like I want to put up photos and I want to put up videos and I want you to be able to get a hold of me so that we can take some pictures together and I can get paid right so a lot of people have suggested Squarespace um, which I probably should have just done but instead I tried to be cheap with it and got a Google domain I bought what is it Curtis Tucker dot photography and I tried attaching it to a tumbler um, which is just a pain in the butt apparently it's not working right now um, I don't know there's all this lingo that I don't know I thought I pointed the DNS in the right way on Google domains it just had this really easy thing where it was called forwarding and so I thought I could just forward it straight to my Tumblr, but maybe I just need to sit on it for a day and like let it work its magic. Um, but then the idea is like just to have really simple uh, photo posts that are kind of updating regularly as like this kind of rolling portfolio of my photo and video work. Uh, but when I did a test post, the images came out huge like edge to edge on the screen you can't even see the whole picture all your screen is filled up with is like part a few hundred pixels of the image and it is so frustrating because i just thought that this would be so easy and i thought like this would be something i could jam out on and like just get done in an afternoon but now it's like turned into this whole thing 
and it's just frustrating and like I'm back to the point of like thinking about like who's even going to look at this website but then I have to remember that I gave my card um to one to Coleman one of the people at the new Rhinoceropolis location and he's like oh do you have a website and I was like crap because I want to be able to like showcase my work and I definitely want to move into like exhibition documentation and things like that and so I've just got to create something besides my Instagram that communicates my professional value and like really says like oh yeah I'm a photographer but I mess around with the art game you know like I do studio visits I do uh exhibition documentation you know and video and things like that um because I think there's a niche for it in Denver hopefully there is in other markets as well but just like documenting exhibitions and then maybe doing some video for them and like an artist interview what have you I think could be a, a, a more consistent money maker than just trying to reach out to models or having models reach out to me and do shoots and things like that I really think that there's some money in the art game uh, especially with photography attached to it but you got to be able to communicate your value and I think having a website is the way to communicate your value so hopefully I can get that all sorted out Hopefully I can find a Tumblr theme that um, treats the photos a little bit better than these ones have. Um, I was expecting them to resize, but I don't think that the photos resized at all. And they didn't even like show up as a collection. It just kind of started this massive scroll thing. So if you know anything about websites or you can help me out here, I have a domain. I've paid for it. It just needs to get attached to something now, I guess. Um, I'm going to try attaching it to this Tumblr and getting that all ironed out. But maybe I have to go back the WordPress route because uh, I do have some experience with that. And at least I have people I could ask uh, for WordPress help. But man, that is just challenging. Um, same thing with my Instagram. I'm going to kind of be changing up my Instagram vibes. If you've been following me for a while, I've just kind of been sharing street photos Um but I don't think street photography is communicating my value as much fun as it is. I just, I don't think there's a market for it. I don't think it showcases my skill set. I think it's a great exercise to do as a photographer, you know, like to be thinking on your feet right then and there. Can you get your settings right? Can you throw a composition together? Is there some kind of element of art and design that's creating something interesting in this moment? Um, I do appreciate that as an exercise, but I just don't think it's communicating my value. So at the end of the month, you'll notice on my Instagram, we're going to go switch back to sharing some model photos, uh, sharing some photos of my work with my client, um, sharing some photos I took of Peter Yumi at his studio doing portraits for Fruitland, um, and just kind of hoping that that kind of imagery um, shakes things up a little bit, not only in the algorithm, but the way people perceive me, um, and will really kind of maybe get the ball rolling especially if I have a website in my link in bio uh, instead of just a podcast link. I think that could definitely up the game. I am starting to get a couple DMs here and there, but um, there's a very fine line of being able to afford my services and being able not to afford my services. And if you want to figure out how to afford my services, go back to my episodes about creative and abstract thinking. If you can move some of your art or if you can find a job that pays you a little bit of extra money to do something in the art industry, that's basically how you afford me. Because um, I'm not compromising on my value anymore and I'm definitely not doing studio visits or anything of that nature for free. Um, so... 
yeah, that's how you got to get. And it's it's pretty cheap. Like if you were to Google uh, going rates for photographers and social media management, especially like my rates are pretty affordable. And what I quote you will be pretty reasonable. And, you know, I've got things in the contract, like pretty much anywhere in the metro area is covered. And so you're not going to have to pay for travel, um, you know, so to speak, unless you're making me drive a lot. But yeah, if you want to like hit me up and you want to get on that game, uh, you let me know. And if you need to learn how to afford it, just go back to some of these Creative Crunch episodes where I tackle creative and abstract thinking because it's all about using that brain that is amazing at creating designs and paintings and writings and applying that same exact thought process to now marketing and selling and sales funnels and things like that. And seeing that those can be just as creative and you can invent and be uh, sort of progressive with those structures just as much as you are with your artwork. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the rant for that. Um, I really don't want to do this anymore. I'm kind of done and I think a 30-minute episode is good. I don't know if it's just my mental state right now or what it is or if this is highlighting a larger issue, um, but I'm not going to sit here for an hour and waste a bunch of time talking about nothing because I think I've kind of tackled everything I want to tackle and I just kind of needed to hear myself talk about it and so if you gleaned something from this let me know you can shoot me an audio message on anchor you can dm me on instagram at curtis crunch uh you text me if you have my phone number call me if you have my phone number um I'd love to like hear your thoughts about it because I'm definitely just I don't want to call it a slump but I'm definitely feeling off um and somehow this is helping a little bit. Uh, so that being said, thanks so much for listening. Uh, consider making a donation through the listener support ad uh, and link on Anchor. And yeah, just let me know that you're out there listening to this. All right, much love. See you next week. Bye.